Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. can't see the thing around it. Okay. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Hand Me My Purse, the podcast. I am Mimi Walker, and I will be your forever host each and every single time you tune into this podcast. So go ahead and get comfortable. Get yourself a glass of your favorite beverage, whether that's alkaline water, red Kool-Aid, a hot cup of tea with honey, a glass of Cabernet Sauvignon, or Hennessy. And light yourself a candle, some incense, or burn some sage. And just get ready to chill out and have a good time. What's up, friends and kin? It is none other than your resident Auntie Supreme here at Hand Me My Purse. Auntie Mimi, and today I am sipping on... Drum roll, please. Don't have a drum roll, so imagine it. Actually, I do have a drum roll, but I'm just not going to put it in. Actually, I am. Hold on for a second. I'm sipping on orange wine in a can. Okay, let's get into that real quick. I I said I'm sipping on orange wine in a can. First of all, I didn't even know there was anything... I didn't even know orange wine was a thing, okay, let alone in a can. Have you guys started drinking these cocktails in a can? Listen, this is the kind of shit that is made specifically for a woman like me because I do like a fancy beverage. I like an eclectic beverage, but I also love the no-nonsense of it being in a can. Listen, orange wine in a can It's created locally here in Maryland at a local winery uh, in a town that I don't really visit after dark too often because, well, if you see a Confederate flag there, don't be surprised. But I will continue to buy this orange wine in a can if I can continue to find it. Um, I bought it from a cute little spot here in Baltimore called Firefly. Firefly Farms, which is located in Whitehall Mill. And I was in Whitehall Mill because I was really, uh, I had a lot on me uh, this past weekend. And I went to visit Crust by Mac, but they were closed. And um, I was a little sad about that, but sis left happy. I spent way too much money on fancy treats that day because, like I said, I had a lot of stress 
on me and, you know, a lot of heavy energy. Um, and I'll share what that's all about in just a bit, but just know that I was not in the best way and I am working on it though. And just trying to figure it out one day at a time, but back to these cocktails in a can, I've had a Mai Tai in a can, a vodka soda in a can, like whoever came up with the idea to put cocktails in cans. God bless you. You are the real MVP. Y'all, I had orange wine. Wait a minute. Let me throw this in there, too. It is 11.9%, excuse me, 11.9% alcohol by volume. When I was done drinking that, <laughs> it was a mess. I'm glad I'm actually not drinking it in this moment. I actually had it to drink last night. I um, drank Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, I did not have any alcohol um, today. It's actually Tuesday. Cocktails in a can, it's the work of a genius. Whoever invented them, created them, came up with the idea. You're an absolute genius. I respect you. I love you and I am grateful for your wise inventions. So today, friends and kin, uh, the jam is uh, a song that I love and it's by an artist that I absolutely adore. It's a bit of a play on words and you'll find out why in a second. But it's a song that I have been listening to for the past seven days on repeat. And that song, I don't really know why, but it's in my bones and it makes me happy. So that could be why I've been listening to it because it makes me happy. And I've been needing a little joy as of late. But the song is Prince, Princess. I don't want to say it like I'm saying princess. It's I Want to Be Your Lover by Prince, right? And of course, he's not the only person who's done this. I want to say Melissa Morgan did it before. I could be wrong. Uh, And I'm not about to go uh, look right now. But I want to be your lover. His version. I could be wrong about Melissa Morgan. It's somebody else, though. Something is telling my spirit is telling me that her name begins with a D. And I'm not sure. Hold on. I got to find out. God, of course. So I went down a rabbit hole. This is exactly why I did not want to stop what I was doing and go and find out because I knew that um, I would end up down a rabbit hole. But the reason that I was thinking about someone's name beginning with the letter D is because the song that I was actually thinking about is Do Me Baby, which was covered by Melissa Morgan. I know what I'm talking about. But I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. So anyway, I want to be your lover. It was uh, done by a lot of people, but Prince's version is the supreme version. And I don't know if you guys remember if you listened to the last episode yet, but I am doing something different with uh Mimi's Jam. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be reading some lyrics from some of my favorite songs or songs that are just, you know, in my spirit at the moment. Maybe a song that I've been listening to, like in this case, or just songs that I want to share. And while I miss sharing the covers, uh, Sis has to play everything very smart. So I won't be doing that. Um, But I want to read these lyrics to you from Prince's song. I want to be your lover, which happened to come out in August of 1979. And I was born in 1979. I want to be your brother. I want to be your mother and your sister, too. There ain't no other that can do the things that I'll do to you. And I get discouraged. Cause you treat me just like a child and they say I'm so shy. Yeah, but with you, I just go wild. Woo hoo hoo. I don't want to pressure you, baby. No, but all I ever wanted to do, I want to be your lover. I want to be the only one that makes you come running. I want to be your lover. I want to turn you on, turn you out all night long. Make you shout, oh, lover. Yeah, 
I want to be the only one you come for. Now let's get into the show. So friends and kin, today we are going to talk a little bit, or I'm going to talk a little bit, you're going to listen a little bit, about new beginnings. Uh, A few days ago, uh, we just started the school year. I'm sure a lot of you guys, your kids are going back to school. You may be going back to school if you are um, in college or you know, getting your master's, getting your doctorate, doing some kind of new trade or just learning something. Or like I said, your kids are back in school. Or if you're like me and you're an educator and school has started back, uh, that is always an interesting time of the year, right? So it's funny, people who don't work in education don't know that the weekend before school starts up, most of us are trying to get the last little bit of happy, happy, joy, joy, party time out that we can. I had already made up my mind on Wednesday that I was going to spend most of my weekend inebriated. Little did I know that one, that would be true, but it ended up happening uh, under a different circumstance which I'll talk about briefly in a second. So I want to talk about new beginnings and the start of the school year or this time of the year is always a great opportunity for new beginnings or fresh start for everybody, for parents, for students, for staff, um, bus drivers, people that ride the bus, crossing guards. Everybody needs a reset sometimes and a new school year always gives us excuse me, always gives us that opportunity without even really trying. It's just something that happens naturally. It occurs naturally. And sometimes, you know, fresh starts or new beginnings can be kind of like tricky because they can kind of make you nervous um, and they can give you a little bit of anxiety or trepidation. But it's all about your mindset. And hopefully you guys know what a mindset is. If you don't, I'm going to share a little bit of information about them with you today. So usually when people talk about mindsets, I mean, like mindsets, the, the, the word, it's a compact word, a compact word. Really, Mimi? It's a compound word. And it, I'm a, I think it's a compound word. Set is a word of mine. It's a compound word. Why do I second guess myself all the time? Anyway, it's a compound word. And now before we get into it too heavy, let's get into the definition of a mindset or the word mindset. And one's mindset is the, this is from the dictionary, is the established set of attitudes held by someone. That was the simplest definition that I could find. And it makes sense, right? And so our mindset, it essentially affects the the way that we talk to ourselves. It affects the way that we think about ourselves, the way we think about the world, how we view it. And it, it affects those kind of things on a daily basis. Uh, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second. But more importantly, the things that we say to ourselves about ourselves. Okay. And what we say to ourselves about ourselves is essentially what we will end up believing about ourselves. Our mindset reinforces and validates those intimate beliefs, attitudes, and feelings that we do have about ourselves at our core. And Lord knows I have said the word ourselves so much. I I don't think I've ever said that word that much in my life, for goodness sake. But I feel like people think that uh, they have a positive mindset oftentimes, but they don't. They they tend to human human beings. Naturally, we tend to be negative. Uh, And I don't even think we know it. As the rap song says, you only know, you only know, I don't know how to say it, but you know the song I'm talking about. You only know like that. 
Like you don't even know that you're negative or that you have uh, what's called a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. Anyway, I'm going to get into that now. So there was this uh, professor from Stanford, Carol Dweck. She wrote this book called Mindset, right? The Philosophy of Success or something like that. And so uh, according to her, and we talk about this, like I said, in education all the time, there are two types of mindsets, and that's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And in a fixed mindset, this is a quote from the book, in a fixed mindset, people believe their basic qualities like their intelligence or talent are simply fixed traits. They spend their time documenting their intelligence or talent instead of developing them. They also believe that talent alone creates success without effort. However, in a growth mindset, people believe that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. Brains and talent are just the starting point. This view creates a love of learning and a resilience that is essential for great accomplishment, end quote. And that's quotes directly from Professor Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, the Philosophy or Psychology of Success. It's one of those. I can't remember. But anyway, um, so when when the school year starts for me, I know that I start to really think about and evaluate before I even set foot in the building. I try to have like a conversation with myself about how I want to approach the year. Right. It's a fresh start. It's a new year, a new beginning. The old year's closing. It has ended. And now I can start over and reinvent myself if I need to. Right. Um, I try to approach the year with a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, not only about myself and how I see myself, but also how I see the children that I serve and the community that I serve and the people that I work with. Right. And sometimes it's hard. Okay, I'm gonna just go ahead and put that out there. Sometimes it's hard. Uh, Day two of back to school and it's already some kids that I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna pray about this because I don't think I like your spirit. I don't like your energy. And people are like, how can you say that about a kid? Dude, cut it out. Kids can be assholes. Okay, if you don't believe me, shadow me for a day. And I'll show you. If you don't believe me, ask anybody you know that works in education. Children can be assholes and it can start around four. Age four. Absolutely. And I work with um, a six through 12 grade population. So it's a lot of room for assholeness, assholeism, assholishness. Okay. So I try to approach uh, the year with a positive uh, mindset, a growth mindset, thinking that all these kids are great. They're all wonderful. They're great. They're little gems. They're all little geniuses or genii and they're all kind and they do kind things. And then around about October 1, it's like, man, these kids are jerks. (laughs) But I'm trying. Like I start off with a growth mindset. And sometimes, you know, I can fall into that of a fixed mindset. I can. And I think that even beyond what uh, Carol Dweck says that, you know, it's about talents and, you know, all those things. I think about just the word fixed. Fixed is still fixed is uh, not malleable. Fixed is not able to be moved. It's just like a tree. Right. Whereas growth, uh, just the word growth makes you feel it's a type of way. It makes you feel like there's endless possibilities versus fix, which makes you feel like I'm just here and this is it. And this is what I got. So I do try to um, think that way, but uh, sometimes it's hard. And one of the ways that uh, it has been hard for me this uh, weekend going into this school years, because I, um, before I get there, before I even go there, uh, I want to just finish talking about fixed and growth mindset. So, uh, there's a quote that I read. Um, it's something that Plato, a great white philosopher allegedly said, and that is that the beginning is the most important part of the work. And while I totally understand the sentiment and the logic behind this quote, I don't know if I fully agree with it. 
And uh, I think that's because I'm the kind of person who can start things and even like work really hard. But sometimes I fizzle out at the end. And I actually said this to my cheerleaders. I have a whole new group of cheerleaders. God bless me. Y'all keep me prayed up here. Just keep me prayed up. Keep the people, keep anybody that you know around you who that's an educator that works in a school building from the CEO to the freaking janitor. Just keep them prayed up, okay? Because it's heavy work. But I feel like starting is the easy part, right? You know, you you build up this momentum. You're like, I'm going to do this thing, whatever this thing is. The starting is the easy part. The hardest part is just like what I always talk about when I talk about healing, right? And maybe I'm saying starting is the easy part because maybe it's easy for me, right? But starting is the part that I feel like doesn't take as much vroom, vroom, vroom. The hard part for me is the middle. I struggle with the middle. I'm, I, I struggle because I get preoccupied. I get distracted. Um, I get bored. Uh, other things happen. That middle part, I equate it to like the fight during healing, the journey. Like people don't often like the journey. They like the start and they love the end. But the actual journey people don't like. And so I think that while beginning is essential, like I get it. Like if you don't start, you can't finish because what are you going to finish if you don't start anything? However, I feel like you can't finish if you don't do the work. Starting is definitely essential, but doing the work is necessary to complete a thing. If you want to complete a thing, you definitely have to start a thing, but you got to work through the thing. You don't just start a thing and then the thing is over. It's not how it works unless we're talking about. <laughs> I don't want to even go there. Doing the work is necessary. You can start something a million times over and over and over and over and over. But unless you do the work, you won't ever finish the thing. Right. Does that make sense? I hope so. So um, back to my weekend and I kind of feel like I might be like avoiding talking about it because I don't want to get um, I don't want to get too emotional and I'm not going to. I've decided in this moment that I'm not going to because I control that. I'm talking big shit because I might get a little emotional. So uh, for all of us that work in education and and all of you who have children uh, who go to, you know, schools who go to school who aren't homeschooled or who aren't doing virtual schooling, Uh, We're returning to uh, school in the middle of a pandemic and most school districts are going back to school full throttle. For my school, we have close to 900 students. Um, And in addition to that, uh, we have about 80 staff members. So we have close to a thousand people in the building. You can't really do. I know that the CDC guidelines have changed drastically which is interesting as the numbers go up with a different variant of said um, pandemic, but, or virus, excuse me. Um, But I was having a little bit of anxiety last week when staff came back. So last week the staff came back and it was so nice to see all of my coworkers. Like I love them. I don't like all of them at all. There are quite a few that I don't like, actually, but I do love them. We're like a really fucked up, dysfunctional family. And uh, it works because at the end of the day, for the most part, most of us really just want to serve kids. And we love the kids at our school and we love them strong. So um, it was nice to see everybody. We went through professional development, but around about Wednesday it dawned on me, we're about to be in this building with damn near a thousand people in the middle of this pandemic. You can't socially distance. The CDC says that you don't even have to um, do the whole six feet apart thing. You just need to be, I want to say they said three feet apart, but that that's virtually impossible. Um, You're supposed to keep your mask on at all times. What about when the kids are sitting at the lunch table 
and they're eating. You can't eat with your mask on. This is not 22-23. And like there were all these guidelines about kids traveling in pods and close contacts and all this stuff. And I just started to find myself feeling a little overwhelmed with the thought of being so close to so many people knowing that somebody probably was going to have the virus, right? Because we came back in, in, in the spring at a very low level. We had about 80 to 100 kids in the building. And that was amazing. Like, ah, you know, if I could do this, if I ever have to go to another school, I would love to be in a smaller school. I feel like it would be great. But anyway, I um, I was feeling a little anxious, you know, but I said, you know what? Fuck it. Like. God takes care of me, God covers me, and God reigns supreme like I'll be fine. <sighs> Fast forward to um, Friday. So Friday, um, I, d- I go out to lunch with uh, my best friend. We go get something to eat and we're like, okay, school starts on Monday. You know, make sure you have a good weekend. Da, 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 da. Um, I get home. I was supposed to go on a date that evening um, and that didn't work out uh, due to some health issues that uh, the gentleman had. But I was supposed to go on a date, didn't go. And I wasn't really bummed. Uh, I was like, okay, whatever. And I just came home and I got in the bed and laid down, didn't turn the TV on, didn't turn the light on. Um, just kind of relaxed and laid in the dark. Cause I just figured this is a good opportunity to just like relax and unwind or so I thought that's what was going to happen. Um, I knew I had to go to work on Saturday and Sunday cause sis has a part-time job because shit is real in these streets. And, um, I just wanted some quiet, alone, still time, like time to just be still. There's something about finding time to just do nothing that I think is imperative for, for winning in life, just being completely still. So I'm laying there in the dark and then I get a phone call and the phone call is, uh, telling me that, uh, basically, uh, four of our students that just graduated were involved in a shooting and one of them, um, was murdered. He didn't make it. And the other two uh, were taken to shock trauma and one wasn't hit at all. But of course, he just watched his best friend die in the passenger seat. And you like you can't even imagine like it was just so much. Right. And I have all these questions and I want to know all these things and I want to go to the scene and I want to you know, figure out what's going on. And, you know, the admin team was like, no, you absolutely don't need to come. No, don't come stay where you are. And I'm like, okay. Because then I thought about it, like, how would this uh, serve me? You know, and, but it wasn't about me. And my, my initial instinct is not about serving myself. It's about how can I be of help to those that I care about or, you know, the people that I work with, the people that I care about, I love them. And so I was like, no, nope, I'm gonna stay my ass in the house. And, you know, I cried a little bit, not really a lot. It was just like, um, maybe two or three, maybe four or five tears, you know, fell from my eyes. And then for the rest of the night, I was kind of numb. Like as I got more updates and more information, I was just kind of numb. And, um, I shared it with uh, a very good friend of mine that night and she was like, well, what do you need? Do you need me to come to you? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. And you know what it is for the next three days, I was completely numb. So, uh, Friday night, all day, Saturday, all day, Sunday, all day Monday until the afternoon. 
which was Monday was the first day of school. So I was just numb. And so that friend just was checking on me like, are you okay? Do you need me to bring you anything? Do you need me to bring you something to eat? You need some paper towels? Like, do you want to come over and, you know, watch TV? And do you want some tea? Like, what is it? And I was like, I I, I don't need anything. I just feel kind of numb. And she's like, dude, this is traumatic. Because I love those kids. So first of all, they aren't kids that I didn't know. Like I loved these young men. Like they were, um, I remember when they were in the sixth grade and they, you know, finally graduated in uh, June, just two months ago. And like, I, I remember just like it was yesterday. I remember their graduation. I remember seeing them. I remember talking to them and joking with them and hugging them even though it was a pandemic like and just being excited for them and excited for their future and you know encouraging them giving them words of encouragement and here we go two months later two and a half months later and um one of them isn't even alive anymore and so I spent a lot of my weekend just like reflecting on what it's like to work with kids especially and you know really it's what it's like to work with all kids because all kids deal with their own trauma like all kids have like some shit but working with kids like in underserved communities which are typically black and brown kids or poor white kids it does something to you And the same joy that it brings you to help them and to be a part of their life and to love on them and, you know, guide them and or mentor them or whatever it is that you're doing. Like when shit goes left, like it hits you in the gut, man. And so I was pretty numb all weekend and um, I went to work Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I was fine. I didn't cry at all Saturday. Didn't cry at all Sunday. Like I literally was numb and I was starting to get a, a little bit afraid. Like what is wrong with me? Like what's the matter? Am I turning into the kind of person who um, is not affected by, you know, things that should affect you emotionally, you know? For God's sake, a child, because he's still a child to me. He was only 17 or 18. I believe he was 17, actually. He actually was 17. Um, Like, that's a child. That's a baby. And he's not here anymore. And I started thinking about his family. I started thinking about encounters that I had had with his family. I started thinking about his siblings that I know, uh, because they went to the school too. I started thinking about, um, how great of a dad his dad was and how he really cared about his kids. (sighs) I started thinking about the other two that were shot. Um, I spent a lot of time thinking about the one who had to watch it all. And like, it was just heavy on my heart. But I didn't cry at all. And that's strange for me because I tell y'all all all the time, like I'm a big time cry baby. Crying is what I do. Crying is I've actually uncovered it in therapy. Like that is my that's how I respond when I'm really happy, when I'm shocked, um, when I'm sad, not really when I'm mad, um, unless I am mad, like to a scary level. level or in a very frightening way, then I will cry. But crying is just how I emote. It's how I release. It's how my body releases. It's like a, what is it called? I think I heard a somatic release or something like that. It's just how my body naturally responds to emotional information or emotional data. So, um, Monday comes, it's the first day of school, and I'm like, man, it's going to be fucked up today. And then, you know what? I had a shift in my mindset. I said, you know, this is not ideally the way that we will want to start our school year off with um, one of our students uh, that just graduated 
less than two and a half months ago, um, less than three months ago, uh, being murdered, being shot to death. And I mean shot to death. Um, It's not how we want to start off our school year, but, you know, we it's like you cannot just sit in the pain, experience the pain, let it wash over you, but you cannot just sit in it. So I went ahead and, of course, went to work and it was hard. The drive to work was hard because it was like I was I was just anticipating it on top of the fact that I was still anxious about being in the building with almost a thousand people. I get to work and as soon as I get to work, boom, we rolling. It's just like, you know, back like I never left. Right. And it's good. The day is moving fast. The day is quick. I'm walking around, you know, my legs are getting sore around the middle of the day. I'm like, oh, and I'm thinking to myself, it feels good to be back in the swing of things. And it's only the first day. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, today was good. It was fast. It was busy, but today was good. But then at the end of the day, we had a moment of silence in a healing circle because that's the kind of place where I work. We have healing circles. You got to love it, though. I think that more schools should be that way because this kind of work can be really traumatic. But anyway, uh, we had a healing circle and a moment of silence for um, the student that we lost. And I broke. And all during the weekend, I'm like, something is wrong with me. Like, why am I not feeling anything? Why am I not releasing any type of emotion? Why am I not feeling anything? That's what I kept saying to myself. Why am I not feeling anything? And on Monday, it happened. And um, it was really bad. And it was bad all the way around for so many of us. And I just remember like wailing. And it was bad. It was so bad. Um, And it was so uh, it, it felt really good to be around people that understood what I was feeling and what other people who were having the same kind of release that I was having was feeling. It felt good to be around those people who were comforting um us and who 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 were comforting us and receiving comfort but the fact that they got it because I can talk to people all day about this I can tell you about this and um of course you'll feel empathy I mean I hope you do if you have a pulse you'll feel empathy but when it happens and it, and you're in it it's different and I can't explain it and you won't really understand it but it's it's different And, um, this is the third, uh, student that, um, I've known to, uh, be killed. And just this year, this is the fifth, it's been five students that have been shot. And, um, two of them were girls or young ladies. And one of them, one of them wasn't shot. She was murdered, though. Um, And after a while, like, I think the numb thing, it just happens. And I think that two things can happen. This is where the whole connection with mindset comes into play. Um, I can choose or we can choose to uh, have a fixed mindset in and thinking that, you know, this is just what it is and, you know, it won't get better and, you know, this is the way of the streets and, you know, just all kinds of things. Or I can just have the type of mindset where I believe that things will get better and, you know, believe that I can be an agent of change and encourage other people to uh, pour into their community and into the children's lives into the children lives mm, listen into the lives of the children who live in this community uh even if you don't live in this community because i don't necessarily live in the community 
where I work. Uh, but I have a strong connection to that community for so many reasons. I just feel like um, having a fixed mindset is not helpful. It is not um, conducive to, it's not conducive to success because it keeps you stuck. And if it's up, then it's stuck in the words of uh, Dame Cardi B. But it just keeps you stuck. And some people are comfortable with being stuck. And I don't judge people who are comfortable with being stuck, but it's not my ministry. And um, it is a struggle sometimes to have a growth mindset, but it is something that you have to do uh, intentionally. You have to focus and do it. Focus on having a growth mindset with uh, a spirit of intentionality and. Yeah, I am going to stop. I do want to talk about how I'm coping with it. I will say that uh, in the past two days, especially after the whole like one day my soul just opened up kind of moment where, you know, me and a few other staff members were just uh, like sobbing uncontrollably. Um. I've decided that, of course, I'm going to talk to my therapist about it, but I've decided that I'm going to um, focus on the impact that I have on children's lives versus um, focusing on all of the trauma and the loss, because I did do that a little bit. I started thinking about all the shit that these babies have to go through. And that shit alone will take you down. It will make you incredibly sad. But I decided to just focus on how I can pour into the lives of the children that I serve, how I can make an impact, um, how I can work collaboratively with other people to make an impact on a small level and a large level, a large scale on the children. in communities that look like me. And I believe that that is vital to um, us healing as a people. And I'm talking about us, I'm talking about black people, but as a, as a world, I think that it is vital for um, the healing of the world to pour into children. Um, Because in the words of Aunt Nippy, I believe that the children are our future. We should teach them well and let them lead the way. But in order to do that, we have to be good guideposts for them. We have to be good um, stewards for them. We have to show them the way. And if you have a fixed mindset, then you are already clipping a child's wings because you are showing them that there isn't much room for growth. So anyway, I am planning on uh, focusing on that Uh, cheerleading started and I'm trying to focus on being a great coach, even though I don't really want to coach cheer that much anymore. But I understand that it's something that is needed uh, in my school community. And so I'm going to do it until I can find somebody else to do it. And I'm going to do it with excitement, too, because I don't like to half ass do stuff. And that'll that'll keep me busy when in in terms of um you know pouring into uh children and um yeah uh that's that's it that's all I got um I really want uh I implore you guys to really look at to do a little bit of reflection evaluation of what kind of mindset do you have. And it's not just about like education and working with children and that way, but it's the difference between having a something being fixed and something growing, believing that something is stuck or supposed to stay in a place or believing that there's room for growth. That's it. So. So I got and I ask you to. Pray for the kids in Baltimore City. 
because I just pray for Baltimore City, period. Pray for the kids worldwide, but send up a special prayer for me, please, for the children in Baltimore City. They need it. And they're special. All kids are special. Like all lives matter, but you know, these kids are real special. They're real special to me. All right, so friends and kin, for today's straight facts question, we have a question and it's from my brother. Well, I mean, I assume it's a brother. I shouldn't assume it's a brother. It's from a man. And he says, hey, Mimi, I'm a working parent of four awesome young kids and I'm feeling quite overwhelmed lately. At work, I have a team that I supervise. As a leader at work, everyone comes to me for solutions. As a leader in my home, everyone comes to me for solutions. And I never have a chance to just breathe. Help me, please. Michael from Cincinnati. So, Michael, first of all, I commend you for being brave enough to write in and ask this question because um, men are not typically... um, I don't want to say allowed, but allowed to have these kind of feelings. But the truth of the matter is the same way working moms get tired and stressed out, working dad get working dads get tired and stressed out as well. Um, there are a few things that I want you to consider, right? And here they are. The first one is going to always be take some time out for yourself. Because if you do not um, you're going to be fucking burnt out. And it sounds like you are in that space now. You're burnt out. You're overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. You can't breathe. You need some time for Michael. Somehow, even if it's to take a bath to, uh, and I know men don't usually take baths that often, but sit your ass in a tub of hot water. Okay. Put some manly stuff in it. Like, um, not bubbles, because that, you know, I guess that's not manly enough. But, and I get that from uh, having conversations with some men. It's like, I'm not sitting in no water. I'm taking a shower. Okay, dummy, well, don't, because it would actually help your rickety ass bones, but, um, or muscles, joints. But, um, just find some time for yourself, even if it's just 20 minutes to go on a walk. Just take some time out for yourself. Another thing is to, uh, once you figure out those things, build rituals into your life. So in that way, the people at your job, uh, your wife or your girlfriend, your kids, they'll get accustomed to you taking the time out for yourself. So whether it is going outside to listen to some music that you like. And smoke a cigar or these are man things or going outside, sitting and watching the sunset, going outside and sitting, watching the sunrise, drinking some cognac, because that's what men do uh, from a very fancy glass. But even if it's just going to sit on the porch and watching the cars ride by or going on a night drive, that helps me. And I always it's like my spirit tells me when I'm supposed to go on. A night drive because it'll be like, you know what? I'm going to go for a drive. And I mean, I will be out for like two hours with the sunroof open, the sky with the stars above me. Like it's a great feeling. So build some rituals into your life around ways that you take time out for yourself. Find something fun to do. Okay, not included in the rituals, but find something fun that you really like to do that brings you joy, whether it's playing baseball, basketball, skating, um, going to get your favorite tacos or your favorite chicken wings, um, going to nothing that has anything to do with anybody else, but things that are fun for you. You can do them with other people if you like, but. The fun needs to be about you. Um, You need to accept that, you know, imbalance or that, you know, shit being a little bit a mess of a mess is is sometimes unavoidable. Like shit is going to get fucked up sometimes and you got to be okay with that. You need to let go of perfection. 
if you feel that, if you feel the need or the urge to be the perfect father, the perfect husband, the perfect boss, you got to let that go because perfection is definitely a fallacy. Um, set some attainable, um, attainable, I can't talk today. Set some attainable daily goals. I also recommend getting maybe like a journal or a planner. And I know that is not a very masculine thing to do, but, um, do it. Okay. Fuck all those like societal norms and gender, all that gender shit. Get yourself a planner, get yourself a journal and write down how you feel and set some like realistic goals for yourself every day. Once you start to become organized, I think that that'll you'll see where you have holes and gaps in your schedule where you can take some time out to do things for yourself to have a good time. Okay? Um go see a comedy show because it's something about laughing that just makes everything better. I actually need to go see one. Um I I got this question uh, and I answered this question before um, all of this happened uh, with um, my students and I need to go see a comedy show or just watch a comedy show on TV. And my favorite comedy show of all time is the Kings of Comedy. And maybe I need to watch that. Maybe I'll watch it tomorrow. I think I will. Another thing is to find your healing activity. Michael, mine is painting. And when shit is real heavy for me, I will paint. Oh, I will paint. I will go buy canvases and I will just paint, paint, paint. And usually I don't like the stuff that I paint because I know exactly what I want. And when I don't get the results that I want, I end up giving the paintings away. I gave my friend Mumby that was on the show uh episode 32 i gave her a painting and she put it up on her wall in her office thank you mooms love you shout out to you mooms for being on my show uh episode number 32 was great and listening to it made my fucking day um i gave a few to my cousin i gave two to my goddaughter like I give them away and it, it I feel good about giving them away because at least I don't feel like I just uh, wasted my money and threw them in the trash. So that's my healing activity. For some people, it's writing poetry. For some people, it's um, gardening. For some people, it is uh, roller skating. For some people, it is hiking. You got to find your thing. And, and usually it is either something that you do with your hands or something that um, has something to do with nature. Those things are really helpful almost because they're mindless. They're not mindless, but almost or writing poetry. So something creative, something you do with your hands, something outside in nature. Um, it's not that they're mindless, but you don't have to focus on um, your everyday life. When you are doing these things, unless your everyday life is your inspiration. Another thing, Michael, is that you can stretch or do yoga. That would be great. Listen, I'm just starting to get into yoga. And it's funny, I'm getting into yoga just by doing stretches first. And I got to say, it feels really good. So you might want to look into that. And lots of men do yoga. It is very masculine because uh, you want to feel better. So I would say to uh, stretch or do some yoga uh, and do it by yourself. And the last one, Michael, is I would say allow other people to help you. Um, A lot of times, especially for men, I know it is really difficult for you guys to open up and allow somebody to help you. You got to let that shit go and um, let somebody help you because you need some help. Um, And let somebody help you other than your wife or your girlfriend. Um, Let somebody else help you, maybe a coworker or your parents or a sibling, a cousin, uh, a friend, uh, the man at the gas station. Just be open to um, people helping you because if people love and care for you and appreciate you and they're grateful to have you in their life they want to help you just release the notion that you are weak if somebody helps you 
And so I hope this works out for you, Michael. Um, I hope you find a way to take some time out for yourself because you deserve it because you are the father of four children and clearly you take care of them. So Jesus Christ, may God help you go with God crispy. For today's uh, We Got to Do Better, the quote is really simple. And I couldn't remember if I used this quote already, uh, but it was so good. It spoke to me and I didn't even care. Um, So if I did use it before, you're going to catch this work twice. Okay. You're going to catch this work twice in 32 episodes because the first episode was just a trailer. And that quote is by someone that I quote quite often, which leads me to believe that I definitely used this one before, but I don't remember that I did. I don't remember using this before, but I quote this author all the time. And that is the illustrious Miss Toni Morrison. And the quote is, and I don't even need to say much more after I read this, but the quote is, you are your best thing. Come on now. Come on in the room. As Auntie Tabitha says, you are your best thing. And here's the thing that this is tied up into even what Michael was talking about and self-worth. If you do not believe that you are worthy and that you are deserving of nothing but all the goodness and wonderment that God has for you and that the universe has for you. You in trouble. You're not living a, a, a fully evolved life because you are your best thing, not your things, not your car, not your uh, Tesla or your Maserati or your uh, Bentley coupe, not your a Volvo or your Nissan or your Toyota or your Honda. Not your Gucci belt, your Gucci sunglasses, your juicy couture sweatsuit. I don't know why I said that. Not your Yeezys or your, I don't really know, your Air Max or your Christian Louboutins. No, not the the trips that you go on or the weave in your hair or the the weed you smoke. No, you without all of that stuff, you are your best thing. Not your houses, not all the men you have, all the women you have. You, just you. Naked you, raw you, you are your best thing. And it's enough and you're enough. Just that way. You are your best thing. Friends and kin, friends and kin, friends and kin, I want to first thank God. And you should know by now, if you have listened to this show more than once, or if you listen to the show, I don't even know what I'm talking about. If you listen to the show more than twice, you know what I'm about to say. This is your first time. Let me introduce you to how I say thank you. I thank God first because God is supreme and he is supreme in my life. And I recognize and appreciate the grace that God extends to my black ass every single day of my life. Every day that I breathe, I recognize that it is sheer grace and mercy that I am able to wake up and be who I am and do what I do and live how I live. Nothing but the grace and mercy of God. I want to thank myself because I'm pretty fucking awesome and I am grateful for myself, for my journey, for being brave. I'm grateful for myself for consistency. I say that all the time because sometimes for some people being consistent is a struggle and I am one of those people. So I'm grateful for how consistent I am, specifically around this podcast. I want to be very clear when I say that I'm grateful for how hard I work and for the determination that I have to uh, do my best to put out, you know, a decent product for you guys, you know, like a drug dealer. I'm not like a drug dealer, mainly because I don't get any money. But once I start making money, I'll be like a drug dealer. I'm grateful to uh, you guys. 
almost lost my train of thought. I'm definitely grateful for uh, my listeners, my supporters. I'm grateful for my friends and family that support me. Even if they don't listen, they still find a way to support me. Uh, I'm grateful for my friends, my family, like I said, my supporters, and I'm absolutely grateful for you guys out there listening. Cause listen, I understand that without you, I would not have an audience. I would just be talking, which is fine. Cause I talk to myself anyway, all the time. I love you guys so much. And I'm so honored that I get to share my time, my energy, my life with you, especially if you are someone who keeps coming back and keeps listening. I can't wait until the next time we get to do this which will be episode number 34. And I want you to take a moment and stop. Take a moment and sit right down and just how do you, whatever. I was really about to try to do the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air thing and it just didn't work out, work out in my favor. But before you exit out of whatever streaming service you are using to listen to this, I want you to stop what you're doing. And if you haven't already done so, scroll up. Go click subscribe or follow if that is an option on the streaming services where you're listening. And now I want you to get on over to Instagram and follow me there at hand me my purse underscore podcast. And you can also follow me on Twitter at HMMP underscore podcast. And on Facebook, just search hand me my purse podcast. And I'm also on TikTok now as I am dot Mimi Walker. Don't really do anything on there because I'm a little intimidated, but I promise I'm going to figure it out. And when I do, I'm going to hit the ground running. Now, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora or any other medium that allows you to do so, please rate and review the show or give it a thumbs up. Be sure to share Hand Me My Purse with your friends, your loved ones, and even the people that you don't like, because the best way for people to find out about this show is by you guys telling them all about this show. So tell a friend to tell a friend to what? Tell a friend. Also, if you submit a review of the show, your review may be featured on an episode. And it's a great way to let people know that um, you have a voice and you can speak out about this show. And I would love it if you would do so in a positive way. And I'm actually going to read a review And this review is from Michael HFTGU. I don't know why I read the people's names because sometimes it gets tricky. But Michael said, and no, this is not Michael from Cincinnati that, well, I don't think it is, that sent the message today. It says, bringing truth to wisdom. I love the way Mimi gives the very needed perspective in this world and really exhibiting and leading the way on what black excellence is. Michael, thank you so much that is appreciated so why don't y'all go on and be like michael and submit a review on my podcast that's what i want you to do please give it a thumbs up like it rate it subscribe follow so that you can know when i release a new episode so remember to subscribe and follow so that like i said you know when i release a new episode which is typically almost always the first and 15th of every month. Follow Hand Me My Purse on social media, rate, review the show, and tell your friends and your kin about the show because sharing is caring. Show notes are always available at handmemypurse.buzzsprout.com and I highly suggest that you get into the habit of reading them because there's a wealth of information there at your fingertips, especially the links that I may talk about in this show. I don't think I talked about any... um In this episode, the show, the music, the opening and closing music, as well as the music in the middle. So the beginning, the middle and the end. But any music typically that you hear, um, any instrumental music, any beats uh, you hear, they are done by a production team called Gloomy Tunes. That is straight out of West Baltimore, which is pretty awesome. Also, if you have any questions um, that you want me to answer on Stray Facts, submit them to me as well as any photos stories or quotes about your aunties and you can send that to hello at handmemypurse.com or just send me a dm on instagram or the twitters and they may be featured featured on a future episode or on social media i again want to just thank you so much and just an fyi i don't want you to forget 
you can expect a brand new episode of Hand Me My Purse, the podcast, on the 1st and 15th of every single month. So the same way you expected those checks on the 1st and the 15th, early in the morning, you already know your girl is going to have you covered on those days, again, the 1st and 15th of every month on your podcast streaming services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. These are for my international friends and kin and anywhere else you may even think that you can find it. Or you can just go straight to my Buzzsprout website and find it there. I look forward to you looking forward to listening. And I'm out there. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.